0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your anointing is upon your word and that your Holy Spirit rides on your word and that your word today is like a powerful two-edged sword to bring us correction and reproof and comfort and edification and to help build faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you know, we've been having a bit of a, uh, a promotion for small groups or connect groups over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to be um, launching connect groups in a new and wonderful way in a couple of weeks, I think uh, in February sometime. And uh, we have on, on the seats there, we have these uh, Rhema Connect cards. And so we really believe that God has given us a strategy to help people connect in lots of different ways, here in the church and outside of the church. So the church is not just something we do on a Sunday, but we have connection with each other during the week to help us grow. And uh, when I was praying about what I was to minister today and I had forgotten about Connect Groups, and I'm so sorry, Brad and Wendy, that I'd forgotten about it. But the Lord really put this message on my heart when Pastor Tony said, I want you to to bring something to each of us, bring something that's going to make a difference. Yes. And I thought, what is it that's really made a difference in my life apart from Jesus and you know all the, the common things that you would expect, you know, family and all that sort of thing. But I thought what really's made a difference, what actually liberated me and took me out of a very dark place was connections in the body of Christ. When I found not only how important connections are but how vital they are to the plan of God and started to see my connection in the body, it brought me such liberty. And so if I was going to share with you something that's really made a difference in my life, it would be Get Connected. And so the title of the message today, if you want to know what the title is, it's Get Connected. And then I realised, oh... Actually, we're doing a push for connect groups. So I think maybe that might be God. I hope it was. <laughs> he sometimes he has quite a say in, in, well, I try to help let him have a say in what it is that, <laughs> that I bring. Okay, I'm going to start with the scripture, John 14, 1 3. And uh, it says there, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed or agitated, you believe in and adhere to and trust and rely on God, believe in and adhere to and trust and rely on me also. You notice that's out of the amplified. I like the amplified because it's got lots of words. And so if you didn't get it on the first one, believe in, trust and rely on, this is what that word means. And so Jesus goes on to say, In my father's house, there are many dwelling places or homes. If it were not so, I would have told you for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Now, aren't you happy about that? That when you die, there's a place for you in heaven. And when I was growing up, we used to sing the songs, you know, I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun and in the sweet by and by, and I'm gonna live in my little shack in heaven or glorious mansion, Um, you know, and that's so true. We've got somewhere to go when we die. But do you know what? That Jesus said, "I'm going to prepare a place for you, so that where I am, you may be also." And that's not just where you die when you die; it's actually right now. Not pie in the sky when you die, but you know, apple pie on the plate. Right? What do they say? Steak on the plate while you wait, or something? Um, There is, and I'd rather have steak on the plate while I wait. Aren't you so thankful that Jesus has made a place for you right now? and he said i'm going he said to his disciples i'm going away to prepare a place for you and then he says and when i make next verse and when if i go and make a place ready for you i'll come back again and i'll take you to myself so that where i am you may be also don't you want to be where jesus is you know what i've got a little secret for you it's called his body you are his body we've heard of about it you are the body of christ So there's this wonderful thing that Jesus did, he said, I'm gonna make a place for you, so that where I am, you'll be also. Now, when I came to church this morning, my head didn't just come, my whole body came as well. Aren't you glad about that? I'm glad about that too. So that the head always belongs to the body. You get rid of your head from your body, you're dead. It's called decapitation. Well, there's no decapitation in the body of Christ. We're part of the body, and you have a place in the body. Okay, so we're going to see, let's go to the next scripture, uh, 1 Peter 2, 3 to 5. And it says there, since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. How many of you have tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord? Daily, we taste, you did when you were first saved, and every day, taste of his goodness and kindness. So, since you've tasted of his goodness and kindness, it says, Come to him then, come to the head, come to him then, to that living stone which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in the sight, in God's sight. Come. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. So, what's happening is here is it's an invitation come. And in fact, it's more than an invitation, it's an instruction, it's a directive. Jesus through Peter is saying, come like living stones. Just as the first living stone, Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone, he was tried and he was rejected of men. He came and men rejected him. And isn't that wonderful? If you feel that you should be rejected or if there's any reason for rejection, how many of you have ever felt that, oh, maybe I don't really belong because I'm not that good? How many of you, many of you have ever felt rejected? I mean, you don't have to show your hands. I know all of you have. We all, if I've felt somewhat rejected at times, Jesus knew what it was like to be rejected. And he says, come, just like the living stone who was once rejected, but has become the chief cornerstones, he says, come and like living stones, be yourselves built up into this body, isn't that interesting, come like living stones, you know, um, you can put that, pic- that picture up of the, the wall, the brick wall, Have you got that there, it's up, oh, I didn't see it up the back, that's right, have a look at that, I mean, there's something nice and orderly about a brick wall, don't you think so, I mean, every brick's exactly the same, and, and you don't even have to think about which brick goes next because they're all the same. How many of you out of the 70s remember Pink Floyd and, and that song, All You Are Is Just Another Brick in the Wall? You know, they didn't like that very much. Karen's shaking her head. You remember that song, Karen. I'm sure you sang it. Another brick in the wall. No, she never listened to Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. But you know, people think, oh, I just feel like another brick in the wall. How many of you ever felt like, oh, just another brick in the wall? And you know why? Because those bricks actually are forced into that shape by external moulds. How many of you have ever seen them making mud bricks? They have a mould, it's all the same. You put the brick, the mud in there, and every piece, every brick's exactly the same. How boring. And so it's interesting, though, in Genesis 11, remember the Tower of Babel. They said, come, let us make bricks. God wasn't pleased with that. Isn't that interesting? God's not so much interested in bricks. Have a look at the next picture. This is what God's interested in. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's much more interesting I mean, if you're a bit obsessive-compulsive, you'd like the brick wall. (laughs) But, you know, the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let external pressure form you to be just another brick in the wall. I I think this looks a bit more like the church. Living stones. Now, the interesting thing about that, um, and, you know, apparently, stonemasons, when they build walls, they say every stone has a place and they'll pick up a stone and they'll look at it and go, mm, that one's not ready yet, put that one aside. They'll pick up another stone, oh, yeah, that one fits in, now that one fits in. Every one of those stones is connected to another stone where, where one stone has a little chunk out of it, the other stone has a little bit and it fits in nicely. So isn't it very interesting that, God, that Jesus says, come like living stones and be built up, which goes so nicely with what Jesus said, is I'm going to prepare a place for you. So whatever shape you are, however quirky you feel you are, there's a place for you in the body. Yeah. I mean, if, if, Pat's, if Pastor Patsy was preaching this, she'd say, "Let's for three and a half seconds, just let's praise the Lord. and <laughs> She would, wouldn't she? For three and a half seconds, let's just thank the Lord that he made you A living stone and you have a place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Living stones. You know, I want to read a scripture out of Ephesians. You don't have to put it up on the board. Ephesians 2, verse 21 to 22. And it says, In him the whole structure is joined. In Jesus, the whole structure is joined together harmoniously and it continues to rise into a holy temple in the Lord. In him and in fellowship with one another. That's what the Amplified says. In him, the head, and in fellowship with one another. There is a connection that you have with one another. You yourselves also are being built up into this structure with the rest to form a fixed abode, dwelling place of God in, by, and through the Spirit. God has made a place for you. In fact, Jesus made a place for you. He promised he did. You have a place in the body. And you don't have to be conformed into a brick. You can come like Jesus came, a living stone, and find your place. So you go, okay, well, that sounds nice. Well, how does this play out? What does this really, how does this really work out in my life and in connections in the church? How many of you have come to church and and asked yourself the question, where do I belong? Don't show your hands. You might, okay, everybody. (laughs) Where do I belong? Where's my place? Well, you're an odd shape. We have to find, you have to find your connections. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 11, 28 to 30. And it talks about um, communion. It's a communion passage, we read it during communion. But you know, that word communion actually is joining together in common union. We can have communion. I mean, you know, the Apostles' Creed talks about the communion of the saints. And that is actually ha- talks about the connection of Christians all around the world. So when we talk about communion, 1 Corinthians 11:28, 28, it says, let a man thoroughly examine himself and only when he's done so should he eat and drink of the cup. So in other words, if we're talking about this communion, this fellowship together, examine yourself. Examine yourself, judge yourself. As, as uh, Nina shared a couple of weeks ago, how to walk worthy. You examine yourself, where do you find your worthiness? In Christ Jesus. So if you examine yourself and don't look at your own failings, but look at who you are in Christ Jesus, that's a good place to start. And then it goes on, for anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating and recognising with due appreciation that it's Christ's body eats and drinks a sentence upon himself. Now, I used to think that, you know, I, when I was taking communion as a child, I used to be so afraid that I wouldn't confess all my sin because if I did, maybe I'd get the judgment of God. Well, if you judge yourself worthy and righteous in Christ Jesus, you can partake of communion. Not just the, the, um, the um, sacrament of communion, but communion in the fellowship in fellowship with one another. Judge yourself as worthy worthy to actually take up space, not only take up space on the planet, but take up space in the body of Christ, because there is a space for you. So judge yourself, and then it goes on and it says, that careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak and sickly, and quite enough of you have fallen asleep. Do you know if you don't judge yourself worthy and know that you have a place in the body, you can become physically sick. If you don't discern the body of Christ, discern yourself, discern your place, you can become weak and sick under stress, feel rejected, pull yourself away. Doesn't the devil want that? He wants to divide people. But we have unity in Christ. You know, we have some very, very dear friends, and I've known them for a long, long time, and uh, they're in ministry and they do missions and they go overseas and they do the sorts of things that, that James and I really love and we would have loved to have been connected with them. And a number of years ago, we, we were looking for where we connect, where's our connection, and we thought, oh, we're going to connect with this couple. And so we did. And, and it was like, I don't know, it was like putting your shoes on the wrong feet or something. It just you know, or wearing your your, your, your jumper on back to front, it it just didn't quite fit. And we said to them, you know, this is not, we just love you guys, but this is not fitting. Something's not right. And they said, you know, we feel the same. We love you, but we just, this is not the great, a a really good connection. And we realised they were not the people that we were to connect with. You know, in your body, you have different parts of your body that have different levels of connection. You know, my arm here, my forearm is, contain- is two bones, the, I think it's the ulnus and the radial, radia, something like that? Radius, ulnus and radius, gives my forearm tremendous strength because those two bones are fused together. Whereas I have bones in my fingers, if they were fused together, uh, I couldn't do a single thing. I'd just have paddles on the end of my arms, you know? And yet, I have this right arm that has no functioning connection with my left shoulder, but when my left shoulder's hurting, this right hand will come in and just provide a little bit of comfort. You know, if you can discern your relationships in the body, it'll just bring so much, take so much pressure off your life. And so that's what we did with this couple. We said, we, we feel like this is the relationship we have with you. And we felt the Lord said to us, it's not a fused relationship, it's not even a functioning relationship, it's friends. Just be friends with them. And so we did, we have wonderful friendship, ordained of God. So it's really important that you can discern your connections. And I'm going to look at, we're going to look at um, three levels or three areas of connection that we as human beings have. Now... Last, the week before last, Nina talked about how we are a person with three parts. I'm a, I have a body, I have a soul, and I'm a spirit. Or we'll say it the other way. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Now, those parts can't really be differentiated, but they help us to understand the, the dimension of who we are. For example, this pulpit has height, it has width, and it has depth three areas or three um, uh, um, dimensions of this pulpit. I can't take away its height because then it won't be a pulpit. I can't take away its width or its length because that will reduce it to two-dimensional. We're, we're three-dimensional people, three-dimensional three dimensional beings. But it helps us to understand these dimensions. So the first dimension we're going to look at is the flesh. With the flesh, you contact the natural realm. Aren't you glad that you've got flesh? You've got a body, apart from the fact that it gives you a right to live on the earth, because if your body carks, it, you've got to go out, you've got to leave. No two bones about that. But you have flesh, and with your flesh, you contact the natural realm. I can feel things, I can see, I can hear, I can taste, I can smell, and I can move about. All right. And so that's our flesh. Secondly, your mind. With your mind, you contact the intellectual and the emotional realm. So when you talk with someone, you share ideas. It's your your intellect and your emotions and your spirit. With your spirit, you contact the spirit realm. All right. So let's have a look at the first one, flesh. And in 2 Corinthians 5.16, it says, consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from purely a human point of view. So what Paul is saying here is that you have flesh and you can know someone by the flesh. So what does that mean? It means I look here at Luke and I know him by the flesh. He's, he's about yay high, lean and, and trim, got blonde hair and what color eyes have you got anyway whatever i know people by the flesh not only that i can observe and say you know he has a nice temperament he's polite he's kind he's able to keep his temper under control all of these things i know by the flesh the bible says we don't now we don't know people purely by the flesh there's another way to know people and we won't talk about that right now but the flesh knowing people by the flesh, it's given to us. That's how come when I see someone walk in the door, I go, oh, there you go, here here comes Susan through the door. I know Susan. I don't have to discern it in the spirit. I've got it, I can see it, right? So, flesh. So let's have a look at the picture, the first one there of connections um, in the flesh. I mean, don't you love these kinds of connections? I mean, it's a whole bunch of ladies, and they're talking about what they're wearing and what they did last week, and how delicious the cake and the tea. I mean, aren't you thankful for that kind of connection? Flesh to flesh. It's not evil, unless you overdo it, but it's, it's a joyful thing, it's wonderful. Let's look at the next one. This is how guys connect, sort of, in the flesh. And there's not usually a not a lot of talking happening a bit of grunting, but it's flesh. It's just enjoying what you like to do. So that's, you know, that's flesh connections. And of course, there's always other things that happen, but there's that level of connection. Aren't you thankful for it? We've got to keep moving quickly. Then there's the soul and which is the mind. And so, you know, in Philippians 2 2 and Philippians 4, 2, it talks about their having the same mind. You can have the same mind, a connection with someone which is understanding what they think and knowing what they know and sharing it. And we're encouraged to have the same mind. You have the same mind by renewing your mind to the Word of God. Let's move on. Next picture, quickly. I didn't realize how fast the time goes. Next picture of people joining together. There's intellectual one, next one. There you are, isn't that a lovely connection? We don't discourage connections in the soul. They're really precious, next picture. Even Bible studies. We're connecting in the soul realm, we're identifying ideas, talking about the word of God. But let's have a look at the, the one that we want to look at a little bit clearer. And these are spiritual connections Colossians 2 18 to 19 the Holy Spirit joins us our connections with each other is not my spirit to your spirit our connections when we are born again is the Holy Spirit comes put that picture up of the heart the Holy Spirit comes and joins with us our heart and God's heart are joined together. I like that one. See, there's a, there's a downloading. And the spirit of God that is in me is the same spirit of God that's in you. Same spirit of God that's in you. And because of that, we have unity and spiritual connections. Now, let's look at Colossians two eighteen to 19. And it says there, let no one defraud you by acting as umpire and declaring you unworthy, judge yourself in Christ Jesus, and not holding fast to the head. We hold fast to the head from whom the entire body, supplied and knit together by means of its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. So we see here what's happening. The whole body is joined together by in the spirit by our connection with the head. When you are born again, the Spirit of God comes into you and you have the same substance as God. And other Christians have the same substance of God. We hold fast to the head and from the head, we are supplied and knit together by means of our joints and ligaments, okay? Okay, let's go to the next scripture, Ephesians 4, 15 to 16. And it says there, just halfway through the scripture there, it says, let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, the anointed one. For because of him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. Now, I'll give you a little example of what this is because that sounds like a lot of gobbledygook if you just read it you know, superficially. Some years ago, about this over 10 years ago, I had a really serious back injury and it was very painful for me to walk and the nerves in my leg were being affected. And I went to physiotherapy, and I said to the physiotherapist, you know, when I walk, it's really painful. It's really painful. Should I be doing that? He said something to me that stuck with me. He said, every time you move your joints, your body is being nourished. Every time you move your joints... Your body is being nourished. Every time I walked, even though it was painful to start with, it was nourishing my body. I thought, wow, that'll preach. (laughs) There is an amazing connection that happens in the spirit, the joints and ligaments by which the whole body is supplied, or I'll put it this way, the joints and ligaments by which the whole body is nourished. Isn't that interesting? The body's not nourished just by flesh connections, the body's not nourished just by mind and intellect and exchange of ideas, the body The body of Christ is nourished when we work our connections. Do you know that those connections is what your heart is longing for? So many women will say, I just want to have coffee. You know, Nina, have coffee with me. Nina has a wonderful way of having coffee with people. But that, if we just take it as having coffee with people and I go home, I feel terribly dissatisfied but if we work our connection work our connection for me personally the most energizing and nourishing connection that i participate in is prayer groups i mean we get into prayer and we work we work in prayer it is and you leave you go oh my goodness that was so nourishing some people, their nourishing connections are working on projects. You know, the year before last, we did a, a, um, a Christmas thing and uh, Anita and I think Donna and a few other people got together and organised a big Christmas event and it didn't have huge impact in the community and I don't think heaps of people were born again but what Anita said to me, the outcome was we got together and we built relationships by working connecting. The body of Christ and the connections that most of you, I'd say all of you, are really yearning for is a working connection that will nourish and supply you. What happens is you activate the grace of God when you do that. And I think to myself, I see these ushers working on the usher team, why do they front up every week? Why do they front up to set up? There's a nourishing connection when you get together with other people in the body of Christ and you work. So it says there, For because of him, the whole body in all its various parts closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments it's using a metaphor there, by the joints and ligaments with which it is nourished or supplied. A tremendous supply of heaven. When each part, with power adapted to its need, is working properly in all its functions. See, it's working, it's functioning, it's doing. Grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. I want you to have a look at at the next scripture. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. And this is what Paul prayed. He said, May Christ through your faith dwell, settle down, abide, make its permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, which is God himself. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend with all the saints. Isn't that interesting that he says that you will have power, but why do I need power and strength to apprehend with all the saints? One of the reasons is that we have an enemy that hates this connectedness. And he'll throw a fence into your line line of of walk, into your pathway to trip you up. And that's what what James spoke on a few weeks ago. Get rid of a fence. Because a fence (laughs) will divide you. And so that's why you need power to be strong. And Paul was praying this over the Ephesians and we should be praying this over ourselves that we'll have power to be strong, to apprehend or grasp with all the saints, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? Do you know some things cannot be grasped about God on your own? I've seen many Christians who say, oh, I just have my own little personal devotion time. It's just about me and Jesus and I don't need to come to church. Well, fooey. If you want to know God in all his breadth, There's a connection in the body. You cannot apprehend everything there is to know about God on your own. He's too big. He's too big. It's like standing under Niagara Falls with a little cup and say, you know, fill my cup, Lord. (laughs) That's huge. So he says that you may have power and be strong to apprehend with all the saints, the height, breadth, length, and depth of it, that you may really come to know through experience for yourselves the love of Christ. Do you know that God cannot love you any more than he does, but he can express his love to you through the body. You know, when if I'm gonna, my little granddaughter's here and if I'm gonna love her, I don't just look at her and say, I love you. Sometimes the arms have gotta come around and give her a hug. How many of you felt the love of God but would love some physical arms around you at times? Yeah. I, I know. I feel it. Yeah. Okay. And the only way you're going to do it, God's not going to send his arms out of heaven. He's, Jesus got a body. You're the arms. You're the legs. You're the feet. Okay. So you may come to know through experience. We want to experience the love of God. Well, in order to experience the love of God, it involves being part of the body. There's a a scripture in Psalm 73, verse 16, it says, But when I had considered how to understand this, it was too great an effort for me and too painful. There are some things in your life you just really can't understand and can't grasp, can't fathom and try and work it out by yourself. And then um, David, as he writes in the Psalms, he says, it was too great an effort for me and too painful until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood. I've asked the Lord questions during my own prayer time and own quiet time, and I feel like I don't get an answer, and then I'm sitting here in church, and uh, suddenly the answer comes to me. When you get together with the saints, you can apprehend and grasp hold of the love of God. But sometimes it's very painful. If you've suffered rejection and felt rejection in the past, it takes that effort to be strong and full of faith to come and get connected. But you know, Jesus promised... Right back there in John 14, that scripture says, don't be worried or upset. He says, he told them, believe in God and believe also in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. There's a room for you. There's a place for you in the body. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I will come back so that where I am, you will be also. Jesus is a good shepherd. And when he says, come like living stones, he says, I'm going to come and shepherd you. I'm going to come and lead you. Do you know, it's not up to the pastors to tell you where you belong. It's not up to the other Christians to tell you where you belong. Jesus is the shepherd, and he has a place for you. And the reason why we have put together these these connect, connect groups It's not because we want to build a fancy church. It's we want to give you tools and opportunities to find a place to connect. And to do that, it's between you and God. Jesus is your shepherd. He's a loving shepherd. And he says, I'll come to you and I'll take you so that where I am, you will be also. He has a place for you. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.